Hello and welcome to Media MD, the podcast where each fortnight we take a look at a piece of media that we have somehow missed. I am Ruben Morehouse. And I'm Elliot Debol. And Elliot, this fortnight it's my turn to bring you a piece of media and I think we should ring the new media alert bell because this is a new piece of media we haven't talked about yet. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, you've been very mysterious about this one. I mean, usually we sort of double check with each other that the other person hasn't hasn't seen or read something before but you haven't, you haven't i even, know that you haven't you haven't even told me you haven't read this the one. name <laughs> of this don't worry <laughs> because i know you're not a big comics reader right you read i know you've checked out like the firefly comic we talked about when we did our firefly episode and i know you follow comics that like tie into tv shows like avatar and stuff yeah but beyond I'm, that i don't think you've read any comics right yeah, I've usually I've I've dabbled in comics that have yeah you're right filled in gaps from TV shows I've watched, but I've never mm. never been a comic reader. So for the big reveal, I'll tell you the name of this comic. It is Hawkeye, Marvel's Hawkeye. Oh, that's um Jeremy Renner from the movies. That's Jeremy Renner exactly. So yeah, this is the same character from like his Marvel's Hawkeye. He shoots with a bow and arrow. He's like fucking the arrow or whatever from DC or Robin Hood or any number of, of bow and arrow based <laughs> superheroes. Um, yeah. So the reason I didn't want to mention this one is because with, with comics, it's kind of like, I don't know with, with the big name comics like Marvel and DC comics, superhero comics, especially it's always kind of a mixed bag, whether you will get one that is competent and well-written or whether you'll get one that's kind of superhero-y and like, you know, a bit miss, a bit of a miss, um, sure. especially because Marvel and DC and the big, well, everywhere is putting out so many comics so much of the time and tying them all into movies and all this stuff that it's a bit like, I don't know. It's a bit money grubby, to be honest. Um, but oh, this Hawkeye comic came out, I think, God, I should have looked up the year, but it, it, it's not like tied into anything. Um, the big thing about this comic, which means that I think you'll be able to enjoy it, is it's not tied into any continuity, as far as I know. Okay. Um, which is always a bit of a struggle with comics or Marvel comics or DC comics. You have yeah. to kind of avoid continuity because otherwise you you can't read a book without reading like 10 others. So I'll talk a bit about what this one's about. It's about Hawkeye, um, two Hawkeyes. So there's the Hawkeye that you're familiar with, um, whose name is Clint Barton, who's in right. the Avengers movies and so on. Um, and then there's also the new Hawkeye, who is kind of like his protege to a degree. And her name is Kate something i don't know her last name um and it's kind of a story about their relationship as well as hawkeye being a bit of a fuck up and trying to um be a hero basically um so there's a, there's it's it's what i would say one of the core themes of this book is hawkeye is the avenger without superpowers right apart from um black widow yeah. scarlett johansson's character in the movies um He's just a dude who fights with a bow and arrow. And there's a lot of times references made to this. Like, he's the weak link. He is the guy who's not really anybody. You know, he's just a dude who's kind of a secret agent that fights with a bow and arrow. Well, because, right? I mean, in in um, Age of Ultron, they sort of had to turn him... Uh, in the movie, they had to turn him into the sort of father figure of the team because, like, his emotional capacity was really the only thing he could trump everyone else in that was how they made him a worthwhile character was by having him yeah um sort of take on a leadership role uh psychologically 
Yeah, and I, I wouldn't say that, like, in this book they do that because they want to make him a character. They, they find very natural stories for him um, to do, but it is kind of the same thing where he, he, he really struggles to be a good person. He, I guess the plot kind of revolves around him moving into an apartment building and finding out that it's being uh, kind of extorted by these mafia, mafiosos called the Tracksuit Draculas. <laughs> which is a great name for a gang. Um, and the story is about him basically buying this building from them and trying to do- protect it from this gang, right? That's basically the core story. And it kind of diverts a bit with kind of comic book things where, oh, now Kate, Bish- Kate Bishop, that's it. That's the young Hawkeye. Kate Bishop goes off and lives in LA for a bit and solves some mysteries and then comes back. And it, it, it is it is superhero-y. There are these kind of things where it's like, Oh, now Kingpin's in it for a bit, and he kind of talks about this shadow organization. But at its core, it's a story about Hawkeye trying to be a hero at this small scale, defending this apartment block, and and it is quite an engaging and endearing story. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the reason why I brought it to you. Um, I think I should point out that we're talking about the Hawkeye run from God. I really should have looked up these years, um, but it's it's written by a guy called Matt Fraction and drawn by an artist called David R. Aja, Aja, A-J-A, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Um, and I think this is kind of regarded as the definitive good Hawkeye run. Um, okay. At least in, the, at least in recent years. Um, and the reason why it's so interesting, I think, is because the art style is so medium appropriate. Um, I'll okay. explain that a bit. So if you take a look at, like, uh, the movies, the, the Avengers or whatever movies that Hawkeye's in, it's very... It's a movie, right? People run around, people shoot at stuff, there's action, and it's like a movie. But that doesn't quite translate well to a comic book. And I know we've talked about this before just outside of the podcast with something like uh, Worm as an example. It fits so well into its uh, written word format because you couldn't imagine these kind of narration outside of yeah, just well, being a written word. And right? I mean, like we like we talked about in Worm, so much of the, of the brilliance and the battles and stuff comes from going through Taylor's thought processes, she figures out what to do and you'd lose that in any sort of visual medium. Yeah, exactly. And that kind of applies to this comic as well, I would say. So talking about like how this book uses the comic medium, um, I want to talk about its art style a bit because it is quite... I'm not sure what the right word is. L- low res. It's quite low res. Like there's not a lot of details on stuff. It's not meticulously um, detailed or anything like that. It's quite simple art style. And there's a lot of things in here which only really work because of how it decides to present information. Um, so like, I guess I'll give an example. There's one uh, issue of this, one little part where... Uh, the story is being told from the perspective of a dog that Hawkeye adopts, right? And I guess that's also quite similar to Worm. Um, but so the dog sees the speech bubbles on the characters and sees one or two words that come out of these, but the rest just blurs. And so it's all about making inferences from this visual medium and trying to follow the story. Uh, okay, um, that's cool. Through the visual medium. Um, yeah. And the other thing, one of the things about Hawkeye, which I'm not sure if you know, um, traditionally Hawkeye was has been deaf for a while and this started out in a continuity where he wasn't deaf and throughout the book one of the things that happens is he gets deafened um so there's a lot of times where 
after he becomes deaf, he starts using sign language, and so there are parts where it kind of shifts into this almost instruction manual kind of look with um, sign language, with American sign language being shown on the page, and then kind of him reading lips a bit um, shittily, or just blank text boxes that have no words in them. And it's this very interesting kind of visual style of telling the story of Hawkeye and putting you in the perspective of, you know, oh, fuck, I don't, I can't understand this because there's no text. There's just mm. an empty speech bubble. Yeah, well, it sounds like they're doing something interesting and different. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and something that would only really work in a comic book, right? Like, you couldn't do that in another medium as effectively, I would yeah. say. And that's one of the reasons why this book succeeds to me is because it, it, it's a comic book and it embraces its limitations and makes full use of them so, so well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the art style and some of the stuff that's interesting about it. I think just talking about what makes the book good, I, I, I feel like with a comic book, the one factor which you want to judge a book, a comic book on is the amount of oh shit moments, right? Okay. And that doesn't mean like plot, plot twists or whatever, although it can mean that like beautiful two page um, splash splashes on the comic or like interesting art moments or interesting character moments or all this stuff that just makes you stop and go like, Oh shit. Right. Okay. Um, And maybe that doesn't just apply to comics. Maybe that applies to everything or yeah. But I think that's one of the strengths of Hawkeye is there are so many interesting character moments or interesting little jokes because it is quite a funny book or interesting little art things that happen. Like at one point, um, the characters are fighting in this brightly lit room and instead of drawing their faces at all, all the bodies are just shadows. Um, shadows wearing clothes. And so it's like completely black people, just like black silhouettes, uh, wearing clothes, fighting or escaping or whatever it is. And it only happens for two or three panels, but it's just enough to make you stop and say like, oh shit, you know? Yeah. It's just cool little moments. And okay. that's kind of the strength of this comic book, I'd say. Um, so I'm not going to go into it too much more than that. I reckon... At points, it is a little hard to follow, but I reckon you'll be all right following it along. Just make sure you kind of take it slow and steady with a comic since it's the first one you've ever read. Make sure you actually like look at what you're seeing and try and take it in before you keep going. Yeah, I'll probably... when I started reading comics, I just read the text boxes and got completely lost. Okay. I hadn't even thought of that, and now that you're saying it, I'm probably realizing that's exactly what I would have done. So I'll keep that yeah, in mind. So just slow and steady... Just follow the story, let it wash over you, and enjoy it because it is quite an enjoyable book. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I guess I'll hand these these heavy fucking things over to you, and we'll we'll meet back up in two weeks to talk about. Sounds it. good. Awesome. I'll pass this off to our future versions right now. Thanks, past me. Yes. So as usual, I'm here to let you know that the next part of Media MD will contain spoilers for Hawkeye. So I finally looked this up. This is the 2012 to 2015 run of Hawkeye, written by Matt Fraction and David Ayer, as we said in the episode. Um, So yeah, if you want to go into this unspoiled, then you should pause your podcasting device now and go check it out, or whatever, and on with the show. And we're back two weeks later. Yeah. Well, Elliot, thoughts? Um, yeah. So, I don't know. My thoughts are actually a bit scattered on this, so I might be a bit all over the place. Scattered but, um, like arrows? No, that doesn't really make that, sense. Anyway, continue. That's not a thing. Um, okay, so I guess just, just to sort of frame it, you gave me 
Hawkeye number one and Hawkeye number two, and those both contain about 12, like, comic issues. I think they're called issues inside of it. Yeah, so we should mention this is only the Matt Fraction, David Aya run. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, it continues, the Hawkeye story kind of continues after these two, or these 12 or so issues, but I just gave you the first 12 because they're the really good ones. Oh, it's the first, like, it's it's more like the first 24 because... Uh, however many it is, inch, I can't yeah. remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, I guess, like, sort of starting with, you know, all the positive stuff, um... I, I I did quite like the the art style. So th- I, I think in the first in the first sort of collection of twelve, there's one which isn't one of the Hawkeye ones. It was like a a Young Avengers comic that features the two characters and is sort of semi relevant. So I guess they included mm. it in this package, and yeah. it it sort of had just a. I mean, it was just there it, it wasn't really an art style to it. It was just like all of the characters drawn sort of photorealistically, I guess, um, yeah. as much as you sort of can in a comic. And and that sort of, that actually really helped to highlight the cool sort of art style um, that the rest of the comics had, which it, it's almost like a graphic pop art style, I guess, yeah. is, is what I'd yeah. say. Um, quite quite minimalistic in a, in a lot of ways, um, which, which, you know, actually just sort of helps highlight the important things, which is cool. Yeah, um, I, I'm, yeah, it had its moments that that sometimes the characters' faces would be drawn. I don't know if you noticed this, but like it was like their eyes were looking out in opposite directions, like like the opposite of cross-eyed. <laughs> like um, yeah. like there was a big moment where the, there's a bad guy for one part of it called Madame Mask, and she wears mm-hmm. a mask, and she yeah, sort of, of take takes off her well, mask. Well, Elliot, it's yeah. mask with a Q U E, so yeah. you know. Yeah, totally. It's different. different. Okay, <laughs> um, she's not just called that because she's a girl that wears a mask. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she does have one moment where she she takes her mask off, and that's meant to be a big reveal. But then on the panel where her face is first revealed, it kind of looks like if you took a normal head, right, and then that head was a mm. balloon, and you doubled the amount of air in it so that it was all like warped. <laughs> that's yeah. what her face looked like, and it, like that really took the gravity of the moment away from me because I couldn't take this panel with her face in it seriously because it w- it looks like a warped balloon face. Yeah, and, and her face it becomes kind of relevant later on when there's a bit of like a identity swapping thing. Yeah. Um, but and but because of the low detail on the art style, sometimes it's hard to tell apart her and Kate Bishop. Yeah, I, I was actually going to bring up Just because they look very similar. That exact thing. They're just both white yeah. girls with like the same with brown like, hair. black yeah. hair. And I don't know how I was meant to tell them apart. Like, and um, Black Widow, like, uh, like Scarlett Johansson's movie character, features in it a bit. And she, um, I mean, the only reason you can tell it's her is because they put like she's got the same black hair and the same face, but they put like bits of red in her hair. And if they hadn't done that, like, I wouldn't be able to tell who she was at all. And that that like that sort of brings me up to one issue I had with with this. Um, a bit like you talked about how you know more or less it didn't rely on comic knowledge as much as most others mm, um yes i did I mean, say that <laughs> <laughs> and i mean I, like i'm willing to believe that but i that just makes me more worried about trying to read others um because mm. there's one there's one part in the story where it suddenly introduces um three women and so one's instantly introduced as um black widow and so mm-hmm. i was able to sort of rely on my knowledge from the avengers movies there yep 
Um, then the other one was introduced only as his ex-wife, and then later they brought her in as Bobby, and I recognized that name because rec- I, yeah. I watched um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I yeah. was able to sort of use the, the Googles to verify that it was um, uh, Mockingbird, I think, is yep, sort of like that's superhero the name. name. Do you know the third? Do you, did you ever no, well, so that who was the third woman was? I, I had to Google it. And uh, eventually, like, you know, I, I eventually was just searching, like, Jessica Hawkeye 6 and eventually found some mm. people discussing online that um, that was his girlfriend and she's Spider-Woman. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I'm really, yeah, that, that's, yeah. I, I'm really glad I looked that up because then she comes in as Spider-Woman a, a few issues later and he just starts talking to her. And I think if I hadn't looked that up, I'd have no idea who the fuck, like, she was meant to be. So Yeah. And there's, mean, there's this kind of, like, jealousy thing that plays off when she's introduced because there's also this other woman who has come into Hawkeye's life through the story. Um, well, yeah, because he, and he sleeps with that other woman. And so the, the discussion I found where I found out who she was was because people online were like, when the initial issue had come out where he slept with this other woman, they were all like, but wait, he's dating Spider-Woman in all the other comics. So why is he... So anyway, there was like continuity issues people have in there. And I, like that whole thing was sort of lost Completely on me lost because on you. their relationship yeah. was never established in the hawkeye comics mm. um until until she sort of breaks up with him because he's been cheating on her so like i mean that was just that there that was really the the big example of you know the, the issue that many people have with comics in that if you want to read some it almost feels like you have to read all of them to really understand yeah what's yeah and i was thinking about that when I was bringing you this book, because it is kind of this book where, I don't know, it, it like Hawkeye has been an Avenger for a long time. He has a lot of connections with people and it's this common criticism of like, you can't just enjoy this Hawkeye story. I mean, the, the, those three characters aren't for around for very long. There's another no, little bit of like, like maybe, honestly, maybe one issue or so. Yeah. The Spider-Woman thing and the Spider-Woman thing was really the only one, although I don't know how much of that was because, yeah, things like Black Widow and um, Mockingbird and, like, even when Kingpin shows up, I was mm. carried through a little bit because I've watched all the recent movies and, and TV shows. And TV like, shows. Yeah, it's interesting to see whether for someone who has who's completely a Marvel, you know, outsider who hasn't watched most of the movies or who hasn't consumed, like, the Daredevil TV show or whatever, mm. um, I how do you feel have... about this comic? Yeah, I think they'd have a little bit more trouble following it, but I'm I'm more than I mean, having not really read many other comics, I am still happy to believe that this one was a lot more isolated and self sustaining. Well, to an extent. I mean, there are probably even among like other Marvel comics, there are probably ones which you could find which are also quite isolated. Yeah, okay. Um like and I mean cuz I had I did have a bit of a problem for ages. So Kate Kate Bishop like who's just as much of main character as Clint uh, Barton, like they're both the Hawkeyes. Um, when she's sort of first introduced, Clint says that she's like nine years old, and like he's sort of <laughs> clearly referencing her her sort of immaturity or whatever. Yeah. But having absolutely nothing else to go by, I just sort of went and I was like, I'm just going to assume she's like ten years old. Yeah. And then he sort of started having. Uh, like there was a bit of sexual tension later yes. on, so I'm like, okay, well, she's clearly not ten years old because this would be super weird. Mm. Um, she's like sixteen or something, is that right? I, I, I've landed on 
maybe 20, yeah, 16 to 20. She's somewhere in that. Mm. I, because there are some things that happen which make me think she must be over 18. Mm. But yeah, I found it like, it was just sort of that, that whole character introduction thing really falls flat in a lot of cases. Like, like I just, I, you know, I was constantly adjusting my opinion of how old Kate Bishop was as the comics were going on based on what was happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I liked the overall story. It was a bit like, I thought the start was a bit messy. Like, it, you know, it, it, like, there'd be one issue that introduced um, the, the tracksuit mafia guys. Tracksuit um, Draculas, please. Tra- that's it. Yeah, the tracksuit Draculas. Um, and, and then it suddenly cut to like Kate and Clint robbing a bunch of circus people mm. who were robbing villains and getting caught up with sort of more enemies and all that and and that and that sort of all starts to come together towards the end but at the start it just sort of made it it didn't make it feel like a cohesive story which i guess if they're all meant to be separate issues like that's sort of fine but it just kind of felt like i was just following various unrelated adventures for a while mm. and then yeah until then it, it kind of looped back around um and my favorite part yeah you talked about like there's there's a section towards the end where kate runs off to los angeles for a bit and that was probably actually my favorite part of the story um where she just in, is trying to be a pi and just isn't very good at it yeah so um, she and clint kind of have a falling out and she's just like fuck this i'm going yeah. somewhere else but it was almost like because it was just meant to be a short a side story i actually felt like it was a bit more cohesive because all the elements mm. came together better whereas oh, for the rest of the comics i found it there'd be the way something would happen and then it would be four or five issues later that mm. the importance of it would come into perspective and by that point um it's a distant memory <laughs> like, well so, yeah and uh, you can imagine this would be worse if it was being released yeah uh, like one month, a month or whatever yeah exactly like uh so i, I mean that's probably just, over two years uh, <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, that, that's uh that's probably just an issue i have with you know being inexperienced with comics but uh yeah and I, I, like i mean there was the other the issue i ran into at the start like there was you talked about all the interesting things they did in the comic like yeah but there was the one from the dog where he's just recognizing words that dogs would recognize and when clint does go deaf there's like cool sign language panels and stuff um mm. one of my favorite ones though is, is, is sort of right in the first one and it's uh, sort of whenever he's like shooting uh, an arrow and stuff they do this thing where they sort of show how time slows down. So people will be saying something to him and it'll cut to like focusing on, I don't know, it's hard to explain um, <laughs> in words, but uh, you know, it'll cut to him sort of slowly releasing the arrow and what the person was saying would get dropped to like one letter of what they're saying in each panel. Mm. Mm. And um, so I think that was like, it was meant to highlight how focused he was. But when I first encountered it, I was just like, I don't understand what's happening at all. <laughs> and then once i figured it out i was like oh that's that's neat but like it was definitely so i don't know i don't know how much of that was due to my lack of experience of the medium and and how much was just you know that was the the point or whatever but well i I think this book was definitely one that was a lot or a lot at least in my experience is a lot more stylized than a lot of other comic books and that's kind of why i recommended it to you because it does have this kind of differentiating factor um and maybe as a complete comics beginner that makes it hard to get into oh it, it probably means like there was a lot where I, I got the impression a lot as i was reading this that it was um 
I wasn't appreciating it as much as I should, if that makes sense. Like, mm. like I was reading this and I, I, I felt like this is better than how much I'm enjoying it. And so <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't know how much of that was. Yeah. Like my, my lack of comic experience or, or whatever. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm just not a comic person, but I definitely felt like it was better than how I was enjoying it, how much I was well, enjoying it. I'm, I'm curious to see your kind of comic thoughts now that you've read a comic book that isn't a tie-in. Well, it kind of is, but <laughs> that isn't so much of a tie-in to a TV show or movie or whatever. Um, I mean, so one of the things, both of these volumes that you've lent me sort of say on the front, um, they've got a review from the AV Club that says this is Marvel's best comic. Mm. So, I mean, with that in mind, I don't know that I will necessarily be reading any more Oh, harsh critique. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Because I don't think that I enjoyed this enough to get hooked onto any more. It wasn't terrible. I didn't hate this, but um, Mm. I definitely don't sort of feel inclined to keep going. Um, I might try giving you some more traditional comics. And seeing what your reads are on those, yeah, like that could be that could be an interesting point of comparison. Um, mm. I mean, this one I, I like the. There's one where, for no reason in particular, it just goes into being like it's just Clint watching a like Christmas cartoon thing, mm-hmm. and they so yep. they sort of switch to a Calvin and Hobbes style. Art yeah, and style. I think they do peanuts as well. Yeah. Um, I like that. Like that's just a random point I wanted to make. I don't know. All right, fair. I don't really have any more to say on that. I just <laughs> I thought that was neat. Like, and that comes back to I because I did. I sort of you you mentioned it in the first part, and I did sort of try to go out of my way to appreciate the art, and I did sort of have to keep checking myself on that because I would just resort to sorry, to just revert, reading the text to bubbles. just reading all the text bubbles. Yeah, and um, so I yeah. kept having sort of having to stop and take a minute to appreciate the art. Um. Yeah, and so, you know, noticing little things like that was, was neat. Hmm. Okay, so? Um, yeah, so I guess to summarise it with the score, um, I mean, I'm probably going to go for a... Just based on how much I, I enjoyed it and all that, like, I, I think maybe a, a five and a half. Okay. Um, yeah, it just... Uh, but like I said, it just felt like I didn't click with it. It feels like it's better mm. than that. And if you're a comic person and you haven't read this, it's probably still a good idea. But, um, I, yeah, I don't know. For me, it just... Um, I, th- I think it could just be comics. Oh, yeah, I just don't have the ability. I think comics, com- reading comics might actually be a skill, which is not something I've ever thought before. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, maybe... I was trying to think about... Because I wanted to bring one of... one of my favorite comics to you on the show i was trying to think like what would be a good entry comic maybe i misjudged this being a good entry comic but Um, i'm gonna try and give you some more yeah digestible ones and see where you go with those because a lot of the issues i had with this you know we talked about how i've read you know comics related to tv shows and stuff before Mm. and wait honestly i don't enjoy those to a particularly high standard either it tends to be just my love of whatever media they're affiliated with carrying me through. So I mm. wonder if it's just sort of me and me and comics and whether I've just waited too long in life to get into them. Yeah, fair enough. 
All right, five and a half out of ten. Harsh, but maybe <laughs> fair. <laughs> uh, no, it does feel harsh, but that's just... That wraps up another episode of Media MD. Uh, so next fortnight we'll be checking out the Terry Pratchett book, Guards, Guards. So if you want to uh, read that along with us and discuss it and maybe have your comments featured on the show, um, there are a couple of ways you can do that. We have a brand new shiny subreddit that you can check out if you just go to reddit.com forward slash r forward slash Media MD. Um, alternatively, you can email us or check us out on Twitter. All the contact links for that are on our website at mediamdpodcast.com. Uh, and from there, you can also leave us a review on iTunes, which would help us out, I think. Anything else, Elliot? I think we have Facebook too. Facebook too? Media MD Podcast? Is it? Yeah, I think it's Media MD Podcast or Media MD. Just search just Media Google us. MD on the Facebook search and hopefully we'll pop up. Yeah. Yep. Um, anyway, yeah, we look forward to hearing your comments about it and we'll see you in a fortnight. <laughs>